doing the show. We are, we are. Welcome back to Real Talk with Chuck and Pam. We were just talking about mandolin injuries, and, and Chuck thought I hurt myself playing, playing a guitar. A, yeah, well, it's a small, yeah. No, no, yeah. it is no. a slicer and dicer, and uh, we decided, what are we calling my new scallop potatoes? Oh, uh, dentators. Dentators. My yeah. DNA is in there. Yeah, because you're always slicing <laughs> off a bit of yourself. You know? So, well, Chris, you know, you suffer for your art. We do. I do. I yeah, do. And do. so, so Kristen, when you come over for Easter Sunday dinner and... You don't like the scallop potatoes. There might be a reason why. There you go. Oh, don't tap the table. Don't tap the table. I like seeing the needle go over in the red. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> I won't tap the table. Oh, you know, I I asked you about a ring you have on. Yeah. I thought it was new, mm-hmm. and you said no. Nope. And I'm looking at your shoes. These I are love old. those snakeskin shoes. Yeah, Thank they're you. old. Yeah. And the same thing with my wife. I'll, she'll have some, and I'm trying to be the good husband. Uh, I say, wow, that's really nice. I, it's old. I'm like, God, oh, you know. <laughs> you tried. I noticed. At least you eventually. You I didn't know, I mean, notice. You know. How how long have we known each other? Four years, Four or five, five years? years, something like that. Yeah. Same rings every single day. God damn. <laughs> well, obviously, my not becoming a detective was a good thing. It probably was. Yes. Yeah, attention to detail. Although you you pay very close attention to detail when it comes to films. Well, that's because I love it. I think you know we we, we, we okay. Don't don't even don't argue this stuff if you don't pay attention to something that your wife does. Don't, well, no, don't no, use that same know. argument. No, no. Well, she doesn't listen to this anyway, so you know you're safe. You know. Well, you know our passion, whatever our passion is, that's what we you know we do give more attention to. So, yes. Yeah. 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 What, speaking of, yeah, what are we talking about this week? Oh boy, we don't really have a ton. So maybe that's why I'm not you know yeah thinking about it too much. Uh, oh, Father Stu. Yes, we do have Father Stu, and not only did both of us see it this week, or actually you saw it a little while ago, you have an interview mm-hmm. that's going to be airing on WCIA-TV that we will post a link to. Yes, definitely. With none other than Mark Wahlberg mm-hmm. himself. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the film and a little bit about your interview? Film is a uh, passion project of his, actually. It was a fascinating interview because this is a story uh, about a guy named Stuart Long, you know, it, it's the type of story that he's the type of guy that you would look at and you would say, oh, what a loser. And, you know, we make those snap judgments and we, we, we forget about, you know, walking in the shoes of other people and, and how we all have our, our rough times. Uh, but this guy, you know, he just bounced around, couldn't find his place in life uh, until he f- has a near fatal accident and decides... Uh, he's got to get it together, and uh, he decides to become a priest. And this apparently, uh, I didn't realize that Mr. Wahlberg was so devoutly uh, Catholic that, that oh. his religion apparently is a very important part of him. I did not know that. And uh, he was quite taken with Stuart Long's story and decided that uh, he wanted to produce this film. Uh, apparently, you know, despite Mark Wahlberg, international movie star, blah, blah, right. couldn't get it financed. Really? Shopped it around. Shopped it around, and that was part of what we talked about in my, in my interview. Uh, and no one would take a flyer on this thing. Uh, so uh, Mel Gibson, in one of his better performances of late in the film, I think, right. uh, as his estranged father, he took a cue, a cue, he said, from Gibson. He says, you know, Gibson you know, put his money up for Passion of the Christ. He says, well, I'm going to put my money up. I'm going to bet on myself. So this is basically a uh, self-financed project of his. Uh, that uh, you know he feels very passionately passionate about, uh, and it was it was great. You know, you and I we've done many interviews, and you can tell 
uh, when people are going through the motions. Sure. When we talk to them. Sure. And sometimes we get them after they've been talking about their film. 30, How many times, yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's a road answer. But you could tell that this, this thing, when I was talking to him, it meant a lot to him. Wow. And uh, so it made for a really good conversation. And you and I have both said you, you never want it to be an interview. You always hope it becomes a conversation. Right. And, and I felt that's how it came off. And and I, you know, I wish I had liked the film more. I didn't dislike it. Uh-huh. But there were just things about it that I said, wow, that could have been a little better. Yeah. Well, as you pointed out to me last week, just put everything up against the bar of ambulance. <laughs> it was a masterpiece. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Nice well, you know, said. I wouldn't ask, but, but also, you know, it's interesting you say that, though, because that just, I occurred to that. This occurred to me just as you said that. This at least is about something. Yeah. This at least is, has good intentions. It is a positive message. We need this now. So you can forgive a lot of, of its mistakes because of that. Well, and, and you see a lot of mistakes. I only saw a couple of mistakes in my mind. It did spin its wheels a little bit in the beginning, yeah. uh, or in the middle, actually. And then there was a point, and maybe this is because of what my faith background is and how I am. I struggled a little bit with some of these um, spiritual types of encounters that he when had. When he sees the Virgin Mary and yeah, decides that... Mary and, and Jesus, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, well, I struggled a little bit with that aspect. I think it could have been still just as meaningful and powerful without putting that... That, that brought the credibility down a little mm-hmm, bit. It felt mm-hmm. a little hokey with that, whereas everything else did not feel hokey at all. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because that's exactly right. I th- I thought it spun its wheels. I thought it was kind of all over the place the first hour or so. But you're right. Once we get past that vision scene and he decides to become a priest, I thought the film wow. was, was really good. It was gripping. I mean, he because they don't oversell it. I mean, that's always the problem I have with faith-based films is, you know, they they, they put the, the sentiment out there on with a trowel. Right. You know, and, you know, the hallelujahs and the... And everyone's wonderful and, and fantastic. Yeah. And, right. And, and that wasn't this movie. No. Oh, my God. Last, this is not... last 35 minutes. This is not G-rated. The whole thing no. is R-rated, people. So if you're offended by a few F-bombs, don't go. And that was <laughs> another thing he mentioned in our interview was that the church had a hard time with this when he showed them the script because yeah. of the language. Yeah. He said then a few church members saw it afterwards and was like, okay, now we get it, and yeah. now they're endorsing this. He, well, that kind of fits along with that whole, um, I'm not Catholic, so I don't remember the, the Mansour. Monsignor. Monsignor. Played by Malcolm McDowell. That was great to see him. That was Malcolm McDowell? That was McDowell? Malcolm McDowell, ah. yes. <laughs> so it play, you know, he says you know, the, the church can't endorse who you are and how you are, and, and he makes an argument like, isn't this who you're trying to reach? is people right, like me. Right. I mean, that's kind of a double standard here, people, you know? And so same kind of thing is exactly. what Mark went up against trying to get this film made. And, and one thing we don't... You know, By I the don't, church. I, I don't think we're, we're giving anything away to, to also say that after Long be, decides to become a priest, he's diagnosed with a form of muscular dystrophy. And that's where these objections come up from other members of the church. You know, he's having a hard time doing some of the ceremonies because he can't kneel. He's, you know, and, and yeah, he makes that great point. You can't be yeah. hypocritical about this. Right. I'm the guy. Yeah. And and I love, there's a great scene where he's at seminary and there's another guy at the seminary who just doesn't get it. He doesn't feel that passion. Yeah. And he quits. 
And Does he scene, quit? Well, there's a scene later on, remember, okay. in the confessional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the confessional where he comes to talk to Stuart and is mad at him because he says, you had an out and you didn't take it. He says, I, and he's resentful that he doesn't feel that. Yeah. And to me, that was the whole key of the film. And huh. I was like, my God. And I had tears in my eyes. Yeah, like, yeah. Wow, that really. <laughs> and, and that's what I had the problem with with the film. They needed to get to this stuff sooner. You know, H- had this been the entire last hour of the film, can you imagine? Yeah, yeah, okay, you know, okay. That's where I'm coming from. I, the I potential was there. It just needed, you know, to, to mine that. I, I, I felt like it, it had that at the end. Oh, completely. And, I, and, and that was fine with me to have mm-hmm. it at the end versus, you know, early on. Sometimes if you do too much early on, right, you don't have enough. Bar. You know, yeah. you don't have enough at the end. Um, I I really enjoyed it. And the, the thing that I, I think... People will really gravitate toward this film. Yes, it's being released at Easter, and and for and for good reason. But this is a film that will appeal to people who are religious and who are not. Mm-hmm. This is a good story. This is a story about a man not being able to find himself, mm-hmm. not being able to forgive himself or his father. He is a really contentious. And what did you what did you think of Gibson? I know he's he did a, great. He was great, wasn't he? He was great. And and Jackie Weaver plays the mom. Mm-hmm. Loved her performance. I think all the performances were were spot on wonderful. Who's the director of this? There was a connection director. between Mel Gibson and she. The director is uh his partner. Okay. His partner. They have a couple kids together. Okay. Uh, Rossman is Ross. Rossman is her name, I believe. Okay. Uh, and this is her. She's she had directed uh, some short films, uh, so this is her first uh, feature film. I think she did and a fine she, job. Well, and the other thing was uh, that uh, she also wrote the screenplay. Yeah. She also wrote the screenplay. Uh, so you know, if you know, there's always this whole controversy about you know. Uh, the author of a film and whose vision it is. And, you know, it, you would have to say it's pretty much her vision if she wrote the script, uh, directed it, uh, it, and, you know, just as, you know, commanding this thing all the way. Right. Uh, her name, Rosalind Ross, yes. Rosalind Ross. Okay. Um, I, I, I think it could have used a bit of a trim early on. Uh, I would definitely watch other movies that she makes. I think this is sure. a really good first effort. Oh, I think it's an amazing first effort. I wouldn't have guessed it was a first effort. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Wahlberg did a phenomenal job. And to do, um, you know, when I heard the diagnosis of, of what this character mm-hmm. had and being a, a former speech path, I, I had worked with people with um, Lou Gehrig's disease, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, right. which is just yeah. a devastating disease. Um, Stephen Hawking had it. Um, and this can go on forever and ever, but in this case, this type of, I had never heard of it before. It was um, quicker. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my heart just broke because I, I knew what was in store. Did he, you Did you look up any of the film? No. There's stuff on YouTube of the actual guy. Well, did you, did you stick around? The, I did, yeah. Okay, okay. So they do have some clips yeah. and some photos of the real guy and, and who he is. And, um, yeah, just heartbreaking you know and the thing it reminded me a lot of but uplifting uh, sure well yeah (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. you know because i I love at one point he says you know i'm the guy you need to listen to me because you know it's genuine for me right it reminded me a lot of james khan in misery and here's why khan has always been an incredibly physical actor and he was stuck in the in the bed in yeah, the chair. Yeah, he and, was. And you read you read interviews and he, he talks about how incredibly frustrating that was. Wahlberg's an incredibly physical actor as well. Right. He you know, he keeps care you know, he keeps great care of himself. I mean his yeah. you know and so for this must have been a heck of a challenge for him 
that last part of the film because he's stuck too. And as you're pointing yeah. out, the physicality of him, I know he gained a lot of weight. Right. And you were pointing out his face. Yeah. And I mean, they paid a lot of well, attention to detail. The the face, the facial aspect that was absolutely makeup because there there's sure, this plasticity that comes over yeah. where mm-hmm. they it affects their, their facial nerves basically right. and their motor skills. Um, but yeah, no, he, he, I did like the scene where he was being baptized as an adult. Yes. And he, yes. he's, he's in front of, I want, I want to paint the picture here for everyone listening. He's, he's in the church. There's a congregation. He's the only adult getting baptized. And in this particular Catholic church, it feels a little bit more like a Baptist church. He gets kind of dunked into yeah, the, the baptismal font. And uh, so he takes his shirt off. And then there's this one guy. There's definitely some rivalry between he and, and this other guy. And he just rolls his eyes. And that was funny. Yeah. There was some humor in this, too. Oh, and, and And just the... the the, he's got a little romance um, brewing with this this right. girl Carmen, who he has fallen in love with, and and uh, I loved that story. I loved all the sub stories. I think that they were well done. His relationship with his dad, his relationship with his mom, and um, I really I really enjoyed this film so much more than I thought I was going to. Well, and you point out, you know, it's coming out on Easter. It's not just for people who have a religious bent. Whoever it is, I hope they are uh, put off by the R rating. It's just right. language. Right. You know, there's no sexual content. You know, it's just language. And it's necessary to show who he how was. he started yeah. and who he became. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. so don't let that put you off. And it really isn't offensive at, no, all, not at all either. I mean, you know how I talk when I'm not doing a podcast. When you're driving? Oh, my when God. Driving, yeah. yeah, I'm going to record um, you one of these days, and that's going to be our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, but it's just a part of his upbringing and who he is. Yeah. And that's his personality. Reflection you know? of your environment. Yeah, yeah definitely. So in talking about this, I'm liking it more than I thought. Good, 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 good. I'm glad, I'm glad. Um, and so then the other film we haven't seen, and that is we were we were actually on the show here, so we couldn't go see the screening for it, and that was mm-hmm. Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Do you want to go see it? No. Okay. No, not at all. all right. I, I, I have a hard time finding anyone excited about these films. And almost as if Warner Brothers just feels compelled that they have to make these. I you forgot know, that, what the first one was. They're completely forgettable. Yeah, yeah. Completely forgettable. So it's that Redmayne boy, right? Yeah, the yeah. Eddie Redmayne yeah. and the Jude Law is in it now. Okay. Oh, Mads Mickelson, who you like. I oh, like I him too. Like He's him. now Johnny Depp. Oh. So. so why didn't Johnny Depp do it? Oh, they fired him. Oh. Did he, is he in the, trouble? Well, the Amber Heard thing. He's a wife beater. Don't you know anything? Oh, God. Apparently, I just don't stay up on all the social on, media get stuff. With I'm it. sorry. Get I'm with sorry. It. Wife beater. Well, actually, that, that lawsuit was in England, so. Okay. Uh, suing a newspaper because ran a story uh, that said that he, you know, oh. uh, was abused toward his wife. His wife came and testified at the trial. So did he. Oh. Uh, yeah. He lost the case. Oh, wow. Wow. And now it's becoming know. a civil case here in the United States. We're going to do it all over again. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Johnny, maybe just sweep this under the rug if you want to have a career. So, so not much of the movies. Let's talk about TV. You've been watching. Yeah, you know, I'm really sucked in by a lot of these different mini series, mm-hmm. and and I like I like series that are like maybe six to eight long. Six to eight are great. They are. <laughs> you know what? We we have this thing about length. Movies have to be ninety minutes or less, and then series. I don't want them to go on for you know twenty five episodes. And you know, if you can give me a conclusion after season one, that's that is key. Even better. Yeah, yeah. it is better. Um, but this one is the thing about Pam. 
And I've noticed that there in the last three movies or series that I've watched, Pam is like a recurring name. Now, I want you all to know that there is nothing that I have in common with this woman named Pam other than my name. And this is a true story, right? <laughs> it is. It happened in 2011 in Missouri. Um, and there was a brutal murder of a woman. And the husband was put away for it. Um, the woman's Bummer. name. Yeah, yeah, but turns out he didn't do it. It was Pam. It was Pam. Fucking Pam. Fucking Pam. <laughs> <laughs> so Pam Hupp. Um, Hupp? It, Hupp. H-U-P-P. <laughs> Pam Hupp. That is great. <laughs> um, she frames uh, Betsy Faria's husband, Russ, for the murder of this woman who was actually terminally ill. Coincidentally, just a few days after she changed her life insurance policy. Oh. Um, so that Pam got the money? Yeah, Pam got the money instead of Russ. Well, Pam. Russ, and, pa- Russ and, and Betsy were having marital issues. Oh. And Pam comes across as this person who always is there, is always there to help. Helping out Russ? And, well, help, no, it didn't help out Russ. Didn't really like Russ from the very beginning, but helping out the girls, helping out the grandma, helping out her own mom. It's good to be oh, and the relationship between Pam and her mother. Oh, my gosh. Um, this is a really sick and twisted tale, and it, it just goes to show you that, that reality is much scarier than anyone's imagination. Um, Renee Zellweger plays, uh, Pam Hupp, and we've got, um, Oh, your guy's in it. My guy. Josh Duhamel. Oh, Duhamel, yeah. That's what I said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he plays the, um, defense attorney for Russ, uh, Faria. Um, it, every, every single turn that this takes, it's just even more chilling and ridiculous, but it's real. And, okay, so the, the, it's narrated by, have you ever listened to a podcast by, uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> by Dateline. Yeah, Keith okay. Morrison. Yeah, Keith Morrison. the guy who always set up the child molester traps. Yeah. Oh my God, the way I've never heard him before. Until really? I was driving somewhere and I thought, oh, I'll listen to a Dateline podcast, and I and I hit play and I'm like, he's got a great voice. Yeah, but it sounds it makes it sound old timey and and artificial, like it's like it's a play on something. It's not real, and so he narrates this. Um, and it's all from his podcast is where they, they, they did took the all the series. Yeah. Interesting. So it's on, I watched it through Hulu, but I guess I get NBC through Hulu because this is through Hulu. Hulu. NBC. I mean, through NBC. Sorry. NBC, Hulu, and I think also Peacock. Because be. NBC is Peacock okay. as well. It's interesting that Renee Zellweger went all through all that plastic surgery work. <laughs> And now this makeup, she's almost, you know, other than the eyes, it's like, oh, okay, I see it now. I mean, she's almost, you know, unrecognizable. And she does a good job of looking like, if you look up pictures of the real Pam Hupp back in the day, back in 2011, she looks a lot like her. And she's always going to, it's not the 7-Eleven, it's some sort of convenience store and getting a Slurpee. Right, I noticed on the poster, always she's have got that a, gigantic yeah. Slurpee. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, it's, it's really well done, well written, and they had the finale uh, yesterday. Or the so day it's before done. it is done. However, Dateline is having another special on Friday. I'll have this uh, out on Friday. So it's the new date. Dateline is going to be the real thing about Pam. Okay. So you can check that out after you binge watch the thing about oh, Pam. Oh, okay. Very clever. Um, Very yeah, clever. yeah. It's it's interesting. It seems to just keep going on and on, and she nails this this woman's facial expressions mm-hmm. and her. Her mannerisms, her voice, and her... She's just evil. (laughs) She really is. I watch it. Everything is just 
just cultivated and manipulated to the nth degree. Mm -hmm. And man, people's lives are ruined because of this. So good one. So check that one out on NBC and Mm -hmm. or Hulu and or Peacock, Peacock, I guess. Okay. I've been watching Moon Knight. How is that? On Disney Plus. And I know you're not going to watch it. I know the superhero thing isn't your bag. But I'm really enjoying this because they're doing things differently. Okay. Okay. Moon Knight, if you're not... Moon Knight's kind of like a a grade B Marvel character. It's kind of like their answer to Batman. Okay. Uh, And they don't start off with the typical origin thing. You know, usually these shows start... Are they going to go backwards and get one? We don't know. (laughs) No, we don't I, know. I do. No, 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 no. You don't know this one. Okay. Because you, you've got Oscar Isaacs uh, oh. in it. And he plays this guy named Stephen Grant. And he works at a uh, gift shop at a uh, London museum. And he's an expert. He loves Egyptology. He just loves this stuff. But we see him and he wakes up in his bed and he has chained himself to his bed. Because he has found himself at times in places where he doesn't know where he's at. He doesn't know how he got there, but there has been a lot of violence in his wake. You know, there's a movie called uh, Sleepwalk With Me, mm-hmm. and it's Mike Birbiglia's uh, movie. Ever mm-hmm. seen that one? Mm-hmm. He, he, he used to, like, try and keep himself chained into the bed, too, because he he'd get up. And, and he, would, he walked through a hotel window in the That's middle of the That's not good. No, it was very dangerous. So anyway, go back to that. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can tell I got you hooked here. Um, <laughs> Well, he realized that he has in his possession this golden scarab. And he doesn't know where he got it or what it does or anything like that. But Ethan Hawke plays the villain, Arthur Harrow. And this guy is like a cult leader. And he is able to see the future and he's able to judge you as to whether you're a good person or bad. And if you're bad, you're dead. You're done. You're done in what way? Like Uh, you die, you're, you're done? You're dead. Oh, who yeah, kills he, you? He does. He does. Just by kind of giving you a look. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, talk about the evil eye, yeah. huh? Exactly. If looks exactly. could kill. <laughs> so he's sending after Stephen Grant. I thought that was a good one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if you like superhero things, watch Moon Knight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds interesting. It I sounds... didn't even get to the interesting part. Okay, well, give me the interesting part. I'm sorry. You're going to let me give you the I interesting will. part? I'm going to be quiet now. All right. What Stephen Grant doesn't realize is that... He is sharing his body with an assassin named Mark Spector, also played by Oscar Isaacs. Okay? And he, there's a great scene in which Grant is being chased. He's driving a truck, and he's being chased by the bad guys. And then the camera goes, and then it goes, and he wakes up, and there's a gun in his hand. There's a guy who's dead behind him. The guy who's dead in back of him, the whole windshield of the car has been destroyed, and he has no idea. And that's what's really fun about this. He'll just snap, and then suddenly he's dropped into these situations that the other personality has gotten him into. Okay. So okay. you have this completely, uh, you know, this, this change constantly between characters. And they will have conversations with themselves in the mirror. And the arguments they have are hilarious. Okay. Because the, the assassin's this hardened guy. You know, we got to do this. You know, dude, come on. You know, toughen up. And the other guy's like, well, I don't really know what's going on. And, you know, I think you're being a little rough on me. And, and F. Murray Abraham shows up. He is the voice of this Egyptian deity. Okay. And he doesn't take any shit from either of them. 
So he jumps into these conversations and saying, basically, you, you know, you two have got to really get this together because this isn't working. And what they do is they become the superhero called Moon Knight. Uh, and I know it sounds very convoluted, and I know you're not going to no, watch it. No, I, I like the psychology of it. Well, you know, and that was one of the things. I read a couple articles about it that... You know, people were, you know, of course, we're upset about everything now. Uh, but, you know, people were upset that they were using a mental, um, what, what, what yeah, word multiple, do I use? Multiple personality disorder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you're not supposed to use that in, in something as so trivial as a superhero thing because it's serious stuff. So, you know. Well, isn't, wait, okay, so if they can't do that, then that means that no superhero movie could be done because as you have enlightened me with your vast knowledge about superheroes, they all have a pretty tragic beginning. Mm -hmm. PTSD and mm -hmm. I forget what else, but a lot oh, of yeah, things. No, uh, yeah, it's all about trauma and yeah. how do you respond to it. I mean, there's not a great leap between these films, these stories, and, you know, Walt Disney movies as well. Right, a lot, you know, of, a lot of tragedy a lot in of there, too. there, too. You know, and, 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 you know, so many stories are about that. How do you bounce back? How do you respond? And that's heroic. That's everyday hero heroism. Yeah, yeah. You know, I got to get up in the morning. Jesus, God, I got this weight on my shoulders. How do I get through the day? Yeah. That can be a, her a heroic thing. Right. And, and really, in a lot of ways, I know um, a friend of mine who is a counselor who counsels children and using superhero movies to talk about their different issues. They, that's they a great idea. Have, isn't it? That's I really a good idea. I have brilliant friends. <laughs> Hoping some of it will wear off or what? <laughs> Thanks, Chuck. There, you're welcome. You, you walked into that. I one. did, you I did. Right I thought maybe you'd say thank you because thank you, you are a friend. Ah, well, what does that see? say about what I, I see about myself? Yeah, uh -huh. exactly. <laughs> so I liked Moon Knight. Give it a shot. It's only six episodes. Oof, so there you go. It falls okay. into that parameter. Okay. okay. All right. And another one that I need to catch up on quickly, obviously, is mm. Severance. Yes, yes, yes. You definitely need to. Um, Just had the first season end, right? Yes, yes. I'm not sure when the second one is going to start. They have greenlit it. So obviously they're probably writing frantically for the next um, season. Which... And how many episodes are we? That was eight. Eight, okay. Yep. So that was perfect. And the cool thing about how they can do TV series now, it's not like back in the day where you had to fill 27 point, you know, right. two, five it minutes. Was 20, oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, now it's like, oh, this, this episode's 41 minutes long. Oh, this one's 56. This one's an hour and two. This one's only 38. It can be whatever it is that works for that particular um, scene. Yeah. So it's nice. So this one is ballpark, what, about... 30 minutes, 45. an hour? 45. Let's say an average between. of 45. Yeah, right. there's one that's longer, and then there's one that's shorter. So let's say 40 to 45 minutes. So okay. e right. easy binge, you know, rainy day, could binge the whole thing. Well, and I like everyone who's in it. Uh, you know, John Turturro and Christopher Walken and Adam Scott. Yep. And so, yeah, yeah I, I'm going to get to this one. I really and like It's all kind of people. funny. Well, I'm going to warn you. And I've read nothing but good things. Really? Okay. Well, and I guess um, Stephen King gave it his endorsement. He loved it. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm going to warn you, the first, like, three minutes, I'm like, what in the world is this? It's Adam Scott's character walking down a white hallway that just seems interminable. I'm like, okay, you got to do something here, people. And I almost gave up on it. I'm glad I didn't because I thought, if this is what you're going to show me, but there is a reason right. that they do that. Okay. So, it, so you're saying stick with it. Stick with it. Don't right. give up on the first three minutes. Okay. Well, Monday, uh, I am really looking forward to 
the last season of Better Call Saul starts. Oh, does it really? Yes. Oh, on I didn't Monday, know that. They're running uh, two episodes on Monday. Okay. Uh, and then I think there's another six or seven to wrap everything up. You you ever watch that one? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I didn't watch Breaking Bad, but I did watch um, Better Call Saul. Well, you're going to be able to catch up because at a press conference recently, uh, the guy who runs this whole thing says that... Uh, the two characters from Breaking Bad, Aaron Paul and uh, yeah. Brian, they will be in okay. an episode at some point this last season. Okay. Uh, gosh, I love the show, and it's just been way too. too long. It has. Uh, i got to remember where we left off. Right. Well, you know, they are going to run, I think, over the weekend, the entire season, last season. Okay. To get everybody caught up leading into Monday night. Okay. So leading into Easter, you can watch Better Call Saul, or you can go see Father Stew, whichever one you think better suits well, you, you to know, get ready for Easter. You know, <laughs> most religions are all about sin and redemption. There you, you go. Know? There it's you all go. about that yin and the yang and the balancing and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, we will be talking about that, I'm sure, if not next week, but as the show goes on, because I love that show. Right. Oh, and one last thing before we break to go, we've got our show to do on WC. CIA today. Um, we have Ebert Fest next that week. That is next week. Yes. Can we can we tell people what we're hosting? Mm-hmm. Oh, we can do that now. It was announced. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. You liked it more than I did. Okay. All right. So um, Chuck and I are going to be hosting the 9:30 a.m. sneak peek of the only movie at Ebert Fest that hasn't been seen yet, mm-hmm. and this is called The Phantom of the Open with Mark Rylance and Sally Hawken. Um, about a man who somehow got his application into the British Open and hadn't really played golf for more than maybe a year. If that. If that. (laughs) And he is known for having the worst score Mm -hmm. ever in the history of any Open. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, It is a charming and fantastical type of tale. Um, Mark Rylance beautifully plays this innocent man who just sees the world in a little different way. I love the message that it had, and it's a lot of fun. So if you want tickets to see this before anybody else in the United States, this is, I think, going to be opening in Britain earlier than it is here. I think it already has, because there have been reviews posted. Um, check it out. Go to ebert.com. Um, right. Yeah, ebertfest.com. ebertfest.com, sorry. And we'll be doing a Q&A with the um, founder and president of Sony Pictures Classics. Afterwards, they are going to be the ones who are uh, distributing distributing <laughs> the film uh, in the United States. Yeah, so lots of good films being shown. Um, right after ours is The 39 Steps. I just ordered the book. I want to read the book before I see the movie. Okay. I've never read the book. Have you read the book? No. no. Okay. No. Right. 1935, Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, so that, that'll be fun to watch. Can I, I can't tell you last time I saw it. I, I think I saw it about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like that one. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's one of your favorite Hitchcock movies, is it? It's okay. Okay. It's okay. I remember seeing it at Columbia College. Oh, wow. Okay, so it's school. been that a little while. First time. <laughs> I've seen it since then. Uh, but yeah, it was the first time I saw it. It's just a different Hitchcock. Yeah, it you is. Know, early Hitchcock and 50s Hitchcock are... And 40s, it's completely different. It is. Uh, but, and, and that's why I always like watching his movies, because you see the progression uh, of how he grows and, and, and the, the themes that are important to him, the ones that he sticks with and keeps exploring. You know what? When we have another like horrible couple of weeks of movies being released, mm-hmm. let's talk about Hitchcock and how he changed. Sure. That would be a fun discussion to have. We could do that with a lot of filmmakers. Yeah. yeah that would yeah. be fun. Um, 
So there we have it. Go to uh, ebertfest.com. Mm -hmm. You can take a look at what's playing. But if you want to see us, which I'm guessing you want to since you're listening to us. Duh! <laughs> check out Thursday morning, 9.30 a.m. We are sticking around for the conversation after 39 Steps that Michael Phillips is going to be at. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we'll probably be there at some point during the festival other days. So if you see us, stop and say hi. Hi.